Hello, hello, and welcome to a new episode of the Women of Faith in Leadership podcast. Uh, As always, I'm really excited to have you here, and I'm excited that you've decided to spend this time with me and with God, because he is at the help of everything I'm doing on this podcast. So that's why I'm excited to have you here. It's definitely no secret that I think that God has got a calling on my life to speak to you all about gossip, but for you to be here in this moment to listen and to learn so that you can also go and implement the practical steps. Now in today's episode, I'll be talking to you about 10 ways that you can build gossip resilient teams. And basically what that means is your team will be able to withstand gossip no matter if there's a new employee coming in, no matter what happens. Your team will stay gossip-free, which is ultimately what I know that we all want, is to have a gossip-free team, gossip-free department, gossip-free organization. So if that sounds good to you, let's jump in and let's talk about building gossip-resilient teams. As Christian women in leadership, we often find ourselves struggling with the balance between implementing faith-based leadership principles and the worldly perspectives of our colleagues and team members. You once felt passionate about leadership, but have often come up against people with fixed mindsets who are unwilling to change. You feel like giving up and stepping out of your leadership role because is it really worth it? Friend, you're in the right place. Here we're not only going to talk about the challenges, we're going to tackle them head on with a faith-based approach that's both practical and empowering. So, if you're ready to transform your leadership journey, to set boundaries that make a real impact, and to create a workplace culture where both you and your team can thrive, then join me in uncovering the strategies, wisdom, and godly guidance that will lead you to success. I'm Rekha Whelan, and welcome to the Woman of Faith in Leadership podcast. Together, we're going to navigate leadership with faith as our foundation. Let's get started. Grab your coffee or water, keep that notebook and pen handy, and let's jumpstart your leadership. All right, now the number one thing that you want to do is you want to sit down with your team and talk to them about the importance of having a gossip-free work environment. It's not really going to work if your team doesn't understand the negative effects or the negative impact that gossip does have on them, their team morale, individuals and the organization as a whole. It's going to be quite important that you discuss with them the negative effects of workplace gossip and have them share some stories of how gossip has actually impacted them negatively. Get them to share in the group and then that can be a really great discussion leading into some of the other things that we're going to talk about next number two you want to discuss with your team or have them discuss and it's a really great way from the segue from number one is discuss what are the gossip triggers now we all have triggers of reasons why we want to gossip and i know mine i know that if i hear something that has happened in the industry with one of my competitors And that's something that triggers me to want to gossip about that to someone else. Now, I can't do that because I am a, I'm an advocate for a gossip free environment. So that means I know my trigger and therefore, because I know that trigger, I'm not going to do it. However, I do have a safe space. So my safe space would rather be to go and chat to my husband about it at home instead of gossiping about that at work with an employee or with a colleague. 
So that's why, number one, you're first going to talk about the impacts, and then number two, you're going to get your team to talk about their triggers. Help them to identify what are some of the triggers. And that might be things like, you know, if you saw something happen to another employee, that's a a trigger to you to want to go and share that with someone else. You've heard information about someone's personal life, that's a trigger to you or to them. So let them in, let them try and figure out why is it that they gossip or what are the triggers for their gossip? Because it's interesting, but the reasons why people gossip differs from person to person. So the reasons I might gossip might not be the same reasons that you gossip. So if we can figure out what are those triggers within us, but also within our employees, it means that we can, as a team, we can really become gossip resilient and withstand the gossip because we know what are our triggers, but we also know what are other people's triggers. And this is also building a high-performing team because high-performing teams really support each other. They know they know each other's strengths and, of course, weaknesses. Although a lot of people say they don't like the word weaknesses, we'll rather say development points, but ultimately gossiping is a weakness. It's something that we have to work on. And if you can identify the triggers, I'm telling you right now, that is already going to be a big step forward to creating a gossip-free environment. And number three is creating open channels for communication. Now, open channels for communication basically means that instead of gossiping, you're going to go directly to that person to talk to them about something that you're frustrated about. Because that can be somebody else's trigger, is that somebody's done something a colleague has done something and you feel frustrated about it or your team member feels frustrated about it and then they go and gossip to another person about their frustration. Instead of going directly to the person and sharing their frustration, they go and share it with a third party. And this can be a big trigger for gossip. So having open communication means that instead of then going to another third party or going to a third party and talking about it, I'm actually going to go directly to that person. And how I've successfully done this in a previous workplace is that you come up with a key phrase that you say, I need to talk to you about an issue that I'm having. I'm I'm really nervous about it, but I want to talk to you about it because the issue is actually with you or the issue is actually with the thing that you've done. So whatever, it, it has to be a key phrase that everybody in the whole organization or in your team can use. And it can be something like, I'm going to have a direct conversation with you now, or I'm going to talk to you about something that's very important to me or or anything like that. But it needs to be a key phrase that everybody can um, decide on and then stick to that key phrase. Now, the other thing that's very important with open channels of communication is having a feedback culture. Now, having a feedback culture means that people can give each other feedback without getting defensive or frustrated with the feedback. If you want to refer back to an episode I did on feedback culture, you can go back to episode number 31. Now, what is feedback culture? Feedback culture is basically a culture where people are open with their feedback and people don't get defensive. They understand that the feedback is constructive. It's not meant to be destructive, but it's constructive. Therefore, it's meant in a positive manner. People often don't like feedback because they think that it's it's a negative or they take it very, very personally. So an important skill or life skill really that I've learned in my life is not to take everything personally. And that's an extremely crucial skill for work, also for your personal life, 
But if you can take the feedback that someone gives you or your team can take the feedback that you give them as not personal, I'm telling you it's a big step forward to creating a gossip-free environment but also a frustration-free environment because people know that the feedback that we're offering to each other um, is meant to be constructive and not destructive. Another way that you can encourage this feedback culture or open channels of communication is by opening up your own door as a leader for, to coach your team. So when your team wants to go and approach another person about feedback or about something that they've done that's frustrated them, offer them coaching. Let them sit with you. Let them say to you what they're going to say to the other person. And then you can say, okay, but I'd rather use, uh, I think you rather don't need to use that word. They might get defensive if you say that, rather say this. Now, yes, the other person's not meant to get defensive, but we're all human beings and we all can take things personally, although I just said we shouldn't. But remember that it'll be, it'll really be a lot of trial and error. It'll be a lot of, okay, let's keep on practicing. Let's keep on practicing. Try next time not to take it personal. So you can also offer coaching. And this is a great way for to encourage open channel of communication. Now, number four is setting clear expectations and boundaries with your team. Now, your team needs to know where the boundaries are when it comes to gossip, not only gossip, but really everything that they do. If people don't know where the boundaries are or they don't know where those flags are, thinking about the flags at the beach when you go swimming, then people don't know where it is safe because people will then go beyond the flags or beyond those boundaries and then they'll get themselves into trouble, they'll get your organization into trouble or they'll start gossiping without you knowing it. And set those boundaries, set those clear communications, set the clear guidelines. Doesn't matter in what it is in your organization. It doesn't matter in what it is. If you're starting a new project, there needs to be clear guidelines, clear expectations, and clear boundaries so that your team know exactly what's expected of them and what to do and what not to do. Because quite often we only focus on what we should be doing, but we don't focus on the thing that we should not be doing. So telling your team, for example, that if if scenario A comes up, then don't do that. If scenario B comes up, then you should be doing that. So, and it's really, it's a really great way to help your team to say, okay, but this is what you're going to do, but this is also what you're not going to do. Don't focus on X, rather focus on Y. So if anything in your organization that you can improve immediately, it's setting those clear expectations and setting those boundaries so that people will know that they need to stick between the flags. Number five is leading by example. As leaders, it is very crucial that we lead by example. It's not always easy because we also make mistakes. And leading by example could also include when you have admitted that you've made mistakes because it shows your team that you're a human being and that you make mistakes as well and that you will improve from your mistakes and that you'll learn from your mistakes and then fail forward as well. You can also use your failure moments to share with your team when they've had a failure moment to say, well, you know, this happened to me a couple of years ago, but I used it as a stepping stone to grow within myself and to learn that, okay, this is where I struggle. This is my area of struggle. This is my gossip trigger. And being really open and honest with your team is a really valuable thing that employees really 
I really do value that in this day and age. Many a couple of years ago, or even even ten years ago, people did not value honesty that much because honesty was seen as weakness. That's not the case anymore. People now see you being honest as you being trustworthy, and they can trust you. They can, and you are leading by example. Of course, having integrity in everything you do is going to be crucial for you as a leader as well. You've got to walk the walk, not only talk the talk, and therefore it's important that you lead by example on a daily basis. You cannot be expecting your team to stop gossiping if you are not going to stop gossiping yourself, and if you are expecting your team to work between the flags or beyond or within those boundaries, then you can't work beyond those boundaries. You've got to stick to the boundaries as well. Yes, there are things that leaders have to do that employees are not privy to that um, has got to do with things that they don't have to know about or shouldn't know about and that's okay that's not necessarily what I'm talking about but what I'm talking about here is the expectations of your team should be your expectations as well if you're expecting your team to be open and honest then you should be open and honest as well number six is training and education so it's always a very good idea to provide your team with professional development to encourage their growth mindset to keep your team challenged and to do team building activities it's a really great way to build a high performing team because again like i mentioned before high performing teams know each other's strengths and weaknesses and team building activities can really bring that out in us so highly encouraged for you to do team building activities but to offer professional development, training and education on a regular basis so that your team will get to know each other. Because teams will often get to know each other in a social engagement, but as leaders, we're not often involved in those social engagements because we protect ourselves. I did this in a previous work environment where I did not socialize with my employees unless it was a work function because I wanted to protect myself from having a biased opinion about them for the things that they do out of work. So having this training or this team building exercises, really you engage in that as well as a leader. You get to know your team better in a different circumstance and then they get to know you better as well. But with the training and development also comes the annual updates, of course, of mandatory training that they have to do and highly encourage, I would highly like to encourage you to include things like having a gossip-free workplace, the detrimental effects of gossip, like it can have just a just an annual update or a reminder and then having those programs for new employees when they come on board as well so that they're on the same page as the rest of your team. Number seven is conflict resolution skills. So again, highly recommend that you upskill your team to learn how to manage conflict because conflict will occur no matter what team you're in, no matter if you're in the best high-performing team, conflict will occur. And there's three main reasons why conflict occur, and that can be a difference of opinion or a difference in goals. I'll get into that in a minute. And then a different background or culture or personal way that we grew up. So those three things are the main reason why people usually have conflict. There can be other reasons, but those are the main three ones. Now, difference of opinion means that you can have an opinion about things. People just don't agree with that, and that can lead into conflict. And if that opinion can be about a project, it can be about the goals of the project, it can be 
just a different opinion about the, the way that the project should be implemented, the steps that should be followed, the strategic plans. There's so many different variants of opinion. And the more people you have in your team or in your project, the more opinions there are. Now, you do get people that are more opinionated than others. There are other people who sit back, though, and who just let everybody else give their opinions and they keep quiet. But don't let those ones slip because they can also have in, internal struggle with some of the opinions that are going on. And privately, you can also ask them what their opinion is on things. Okay. A difference in goals. So people have a conflict because their goals are different. So ultimately, my goal is to work my way up to a CEO role, for example, the one person could have. The other person's goal is to could, to become marketing manager. Both of these people are in the same project and they're having a conflict because their goals are different with within them. And I know, yes, the goals of the project, we should be focusing on the goals of the project, not personal goals. But that could be a reason why people are having conflict is because of internal goals that they're having. They have got a, they want this project to go in this way or they can go that way. Again, if the expectations of the project has not been made clear, which it should be, then you people can have uh, people can really have a conflict on that. Now, it doesn't have to even need to be on a project. It can just be that people are on the same team. They've got different goals for their day. They've got different goals for their week, different goals for their month or for the year or for ultimately. And therefore, that can cause conflict or tension between people. And then the last one is people can have conflict because of different backgrounds, different cultures, different language. If so, it can be misunderstandings. It can be a different way of doing things because of the way we grew up, because of the because of our beliefs, and because of our the way our parents taught us. Because remember, my parents taught me something different, and the way that they taught me is something different from the way your parents taught you. Therefore, my common sense is not the same as your common sense. It, we should be using common sense in the workplace, but sometimes common sense doesn't prevail because of the way that people were raised in their background. So just keep that in mind when it comes to conflict resolution. So there are some more, there are some skills that you can teach your team when it comes to conflict resolution skills. And the main thing with conflict resolution skills is to identify why are we having this conflict and then how can we get to a point where both of us agree or that we agree to disagree but always remain respectful with each other. So obviously, conflict resolution entails much more than that, but I don't have time in this episode to go into that. If you want to go and listen to the other episodes that I did on conflict resolution, you can go to episode 14, 15, 16, and 17, and then 18 as well, where I talk about going from conflict to collaboration. Number eight is encouraging personal responsibility. Really, as a team or as an organization, you can't really move forward if people are not willing to take personal responsibility for their actions. As an individual, even you as a leader have to take personal responsibility for your actions, for the words that you say, and for the way you act. And sometimes the way we act or speak or, or do sometimes even surprises us. But you have to take responsibility for, for that and even say something like, you know, I don't know what I was thinking that day and I'm really sorry for what I've done and I shouldn't have acted in that way or I shouldn't have said that. Can you please forgive me? And taking responsibility and apologizing, this is something that I have said multiple times in the place where I was leading a team of nearly 50 people. 
I say I always told them that's the word sorry builds a bridge. It's that beginning step of building a bridge back with that person because when you have made a mistake with a person, you've lost their trust. And building that bridge of trust back or that relationship back is going to be extremely crucial for you as well, um, for your team members to take personal responsibility. And I know I've mentioned a couple of times how crucial things are, but as teams, we should be working together. We should be trusting each other. But unfortunately, that doesn't happen. There are There's gossip that's eroding trust on a daily basis. There are people having conflict with each other. We're not identifying why we're having these conflicts. And then also, people are not willing to take responsibility. They just get defensive. So there's many things that, many things that are wrong with workplaces and with teams at this point in time. And I really hope that everything I've mentioned in this episode will help you. Now, number nine is creating support systems. There should be systems in place for your team to come and have a chat with you if there's something that they want to talk to you, for example, the coaching that I mentioned before. But there should also be something like an EAP or an employment assistance program where they can go and seek support through counseling or anything else that will be will support them. That can include the human resources department. It can include documentation. It can include just like I mentioned before, having a chat with you. So there should be support systems in place where not only peer-to-peer can support each other, but also line manager to employee or human resource department to employee. Now be careful with support systems because we don't want those support systems to lead to gossip again. So particularly I'm talking about the peer-to-peer support, but it's not just surrounding gossip, but it's also surrounding personal problems. So if someone's having a personal problem and they want to share that with a peer only, then that's okay. But then the peer needs to know that they are now not to share that with someone else. And But again, if we know each other's weaknesses and we know that that specific peer has got a weakness for gossiping when they hear personal information from someone else, then we know that we're not going to share that personal information with that person because that's a trigger to that person. And yes, we can't know, especially in bigger teams, we can't know everyone's weaknesses and everyone's strengths. However, if we do and we, we, we encourage each other and we say that, okay, you know, you want to share this personal information with me, but I'm really sorry, this is a trigger, a gossiping trigger for me. I don't want to share your information with other people. I think you need to go and talk to someone else. And that can be really hard for someone to do. But again, I've experienced this in teams where teams are just so high performing when it comes and gossip resilient when it comes to gossip and when it comes to sharing personal stories because they know their triggers, they know what's going to get them in trouble and therefore we help and support each other. The last thing that I want to mention is monitoring and feedback. Now I already mentioned a having a feedback culture and the importance of that but in particular in point number 10 what I want to talk about is continuously monitoring the situation. I know as leaders we don't have time to continuously monitor the situation However, when something comes to your attention about a potential problem, then that's when you should think, okay, well, I need to do something about this now. Something needs to happen. Or having your alerts out, for example, as a leader, you know, looking out for signs of gossip. Or if if something happens and you think to yourself, hmm, that was odd. I wonder if they were gossiping or I wonder what, what that situation was about. That should prompt you to think, okay, that situation needs monitoring or let's get feedback from people. Feedback's a really good way through individual meetings. So 
I held individual meetings with every single team member at the end of every year, and there was quite a lot of information that came out there, but you can't wait until the year. For example, if you start noticing something in January, you can't wait until December to start having those conversations with people. So if you you have members of your team, so if you're the line manager and then you've got other team members that are managers or that are supervisors, 100% get them on board, help them to monitor, and then help them to give feedback. Again, be careful that the feedback from your supervisors to you doesn't become a gossip session, um, but that you just continuously look out and get feedback from people, get feedback from stakeholders, get feedback from different people, get feedback from your team. Just sit down with them and say, hey, I noticed this the other day. I wonder if I could get some feedback from you on that. And you'll quickly be able to see if people start sweating, if they start fumbling over their words, if they start getting defensive, then you know that something's up and you need to do something about that. So also having your team continuously feedback to you to say, hey, I was just in a very uncomfortable situation, you know, so-and-so gossiped and I feel really uncomfortable about that. You also don't want them to come to you every five minutes. That should not happen, especially if you have a gossip-free environment anyway. But you definitely want to have that open channel of communication where people can come and talk to you if there is gossip occurring. Now, I've seen it again in the workplace before where if other people gossip, someone would just say, no, this is a gossip-free environment. So although I appreciate your frustration with that person, you should actually be going to talk to that person themselves because we have open channels of communication. This is the key phrase that you should use. And, um, you know, if you want to go and talk to so-and-so or Rika, let's use my name. If you want to go and talk to Rika, she'll coach you on your conversation as well. But definitely you should be going to talk to that person and not to me. And this has been fed back to me, again, by a supervisor or by someone else because that's what they've done. And that's because we had a gossip resilient team. So I really hope that these 10 steps or these step 10 things that you can implement will help you. I know they will because they definitely helped me in the past. And if you're interested in finding more out about the upcoming program from gossip to growth that I'm launching in a couple of weeks, uh, please click on the link below or go to gossiptogrowth.com. I'm looking forward to that. And I am actually recruiting people for the first cohort of my program. And that's basically the beta program. And in the beta program, you will be the first ones to run through the full program itself. And I'll be giving a 90% discount for anybody who participates in the beta program. And in exchange for the 90% discount, all I need is your feedback. I need a feed feedback from you about the program and just a review afterwards that I can use because when I launch the program soon, and it'd be so helpful if I had take if I've taken people through the program already, and especially a cohort of people who want to be there, who want to learn how to eradicate workplace gossip and who want to learn a step-by-step process of eradicating workplace gossip. So this is 100% your opportunity. You're getting 90% discount, which is amazing. So you can go to gossiptogrowth.com to find out more. And the program will be running on the 5th and the 6th of February, 2024. And the link below will also give you more information on the timings. You might have to sit right through the night if you're in the United States. I've done that for the program that I've done uh, from the United States here in Australia. I've had to, I had to do it. I had to pull an all-nighter to do it, but it was totally worth it. I learned so much. And it's just, it's a two-day commitment. After two days, 
you give feedback, you give a review, um, and then that's that. So for a 90% discount, I think that's an absolute bargain. So I look forward to seeing all of you um, in the upcoming program. That'd be super amazing to have you all there. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If this podcast blessed you in some way, the number one way you can thank me is by leaving a review. Your feedback means the world to me and lights me up every single time when I read it. And it makes me want to keep going. So please leave a review and your review will also help other Christian women in leadership find the answers they are looking for. So whether you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the review section and leave that review. Then head over to womenoffaithinleadership.com and join our free Facebook community. And I look forward to engaging with you there.